1: Hey rebels, hope you're having a great day, great week. Hope this quarantine has not beaten you down. I hope you are still holding your head high, still getting along with your family. We've got a great program to you for you today to you for you today talking about how do you walk your child through loss and grief. And it's just an important reminder. It's with Amy Ford. She's a great author, a great speaker. And she talks about the process of how do you walk through grief and loss with your child. And all kids right now have lost something. They're not going to school. They're not seeing their friends. If you've got older kids, they're missing graduations. There's kids uh, that are missing weddings and vacations and trips. There's all kinds of loss going on. And a lot of parents are struggling with how do we handle it? And Amy Ford is a great source of wisdom during this time. Let's dive into it. Here is Amy Ford on today's edition of Rebel Parenting. Hey Rebels, welcome to the program. Thanks for joining us. Hello everybody. This is going to be a good program. I was going to say I'm excited. It's a little, it's a tough subject, but I'm excited we have someone so versed in this subject on the program today. We've got author Amy Ford today talking Mm. about grief and children. Amy, thank you so much Mm. for coming on the broadcast today.
2: Thank you. Happy to be here.
1: Thank Mm. you. Absolutely. Amy is a professional counselor, author, speaker, full-time university professor, specializing in psychological issues like PTSD, depression, anxiety, grief. We were talking before the broadcast started. I think we're finally getting more free talking about this subject. I think for so long, no one really knew what to do. And it was, you know, I was listening to a, a doctor recently and there were so many oh, what do you call the statements? Unaffirming, where it's like, oh, don't take it so seriously. It's not so bad. Don't cry. They didn't mean it. Don't cry. You know, we're kind of suppressing these feelings and they don't go away. And so how did you get into the subject of grief, especially grief in children? Mm
2: Mm-hmm a great, great question. I sort of landed in the field of trauma counseling mm. years and years ago. I had an opportunity to do some work at the local VA in um, out of the Roseburg, Oregon system. And I just fell in love with veterans and their families. And it really opened my eyes to the challenges that they face mm. just as far as trauma adjustment, grief, and just the the idea that grief is a whole family process, mm. and um, one mm. of the things that just really hurt my heart was that families didn't have a whole lot of resources. Mm. I would see the veterans, the patients themselves, but their spouses and their children were always lacking. They, they didn't have the resources that the uh, service members did, and frankly, the service members services... Uh, mental health services weren't all that great either. So Mm. that just really opened my heart and increased my awareness of the great need of this topic. And writing a book uh, became an opportunity a couple of years ago when I was working with Harvest House Publishers, Mm. and they saw the need Mm. as well. And we together decided to create this book, Mm. create this resource.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. Yeah. yeah. So, what do you see in kids when they don't have a chance to grieve, when they don't have those services to talk to somebody about? I mean, we're such big believers in therapy. I was talking about it last night. You know, yeah. I've been to therapy with my kids, I've been with my wife, I've been by myself. It has been so transformative in my life. What do you see happens when kids don't have, you know, either a caregiver that understands their trauma or understands their grief? Or, you know, they don't have access to someone that can help them through those situations.
2: Well, I think the very first thing that needs to be said and that people need to recognize is that children grieve differently than adults. Mm. And when we don't understand that, we miss it. We were talking before the show began just as far as how difficult it is for adults to grieve. We don't. No one teaches us how to grieve. Yeah. Yeah. When we go through grief, it's hard enough for ourselves, let alone our children. So Ryan, to answer your question, because children grieve differently than adults, they act differently. Children express grief through their behavior primarily and through their emotions. A child cannot sit down, especially young children, cannot say, I feel brokenhearted or Mm -hmm. I need to work towards Mm -hmm. acceptance. Kids don't do that. They just go into their playroom and throw their toys everywhere or use their markers on the wall or have tummy aches <laughs> at night. And yes. parents and caregivers need to understand that, that that's probably about the grief or transition or the loss yeah. than it is a behavior problem.
1: I'm so glad you said that. One of the things I've been saying recently, a lot of the child rearing books, especially the evangelical world of child rearing books, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s was very, very, very Uh, behavioral modification. You know, your kids Mm -mm. are doing things you don't like and through consequences of punishment, you can stop them from doing the things you don't like. And what I'm saying now is ask why. Why do you think your child is misbehaving? Why do you think they're doing the things they're doing? Why do you think they're behaving in a way that makes you not like them or other people? Mm. Laura and I experienced that. It was a little over a year ago. My kids just went nuts. They were fighting with each other and they were thin-skinned and they would explode <laughs> and blow up at nothing and and they were a little belligerent and disobedient, totally unlike they are normally. And I was thinking, you know, why is this going on? And I was talking to my therapist about it and he goes, oh, well, how's Laura's cancer treatment going? Laura was going through mm. chemo at the yeah. time. And I'm like, oh my goodness, it's terrible. You know, her mouth is, is is sore and it's in pain and she's having trouble eating and holding water and when she drinks, and it's really frustrating. And it was like this big light bulb went off. I would go in the garage and cry. And my kids didn't know how to handle what was going on with their mom. You know, they couldn't handle it on their own. They didn't have the words or the tools to use it. And the why was so much more important. You don't punish children Mm -hmm. for being sad their mom is going through chemo and the future is uncertain. Even if they're misbehaving, you've got to figure out what's going on with them. And it was so much more helpful. I love what you're talking about. Mm
2: -hmm. Yes. I'm so glad that you brought up that story and shared it. And first of all, I'm, I hope that things are better now and that yeah. um, you. like you've been Thank able to work through it together as a family. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. one of my favorite parenting child resources is love and logic by uh, Jim Fay and foster Klein. And I think that's a great example of what you're talking about. It is behavior modification and it is wonderful. Mm. And Now, I think the research is very clear that we need to be looking at things like grief and trauma and include that in our approach. Like Richard Rohr says, we include the former and transcend. Mm -hmm. And so now that we know better, we do better. We don't punish children who are grieving. We see the reason behind what their behavior is Mm -hmm. and find ways to to meet their need in their own language in their own special way sure so- how do we first off I just want to go back a little bit how do we
0: even identify if mm. our children or our children's friends are grieving or have been traumatized like what are some behaviors or things that we're going to notice or see and that can spark us to like okay mm. this is something different
1: oh, that's good stuff
2: The very easiest, most practical and simple tool is a timeline. So look at this child's personality from before the event, before the loss, before the trauma, and now. And if you see any kind of change that you can connect to the timing of the event, then that's probably a first indicator that, hey, this is not this is about the grief. This is about the loss of okay. the event. Mm-hmm. So, so that would be the first thing that a parent or caregiver or counselor would want to know. Okay. Um, and that's pretty simple, okay. pretty simple to do. Right. And then can can you remind me of your question again? I'm not sure I fully answered it.
0: Well, just some of the things that we can do to navigate if someone is, if a child around us is traumatized or grieving and we're unaware of it how to pay attention to maybe other oh. signs that are happening in the universe.
2: So the next question is, is this behavior or reaction unusual for this child? Mm. So typically what a child, a child's personality is a child's personality. Yeah. So if it's normal or if the child is, you know, perhaps they just have a hard time concentrating or perhaps they, Uh, tend to be a perfectionist. Are they engaging in those kinds of patterns or behaviors even more so? And then the next question would be, is it impairing to them? Mm, So are they... because they're not able to function in school. They're not able to get along with their siblings. They're fighting. Like you said, Ryan, your kids were Mm. thin-skinned. Is this unusual Mm. for them? And is it creating impairment? And those are all really good indicators that, hey, something something bigger is going on here that we Mm. need to address. And then
0: when you get those indicators, what are some great steps that some parents listening that they can do? Like, okay, I see it. This is happening. We we are grieving. We've acknowledged it. Then then what? Yeah.
2: We first attune to our children, and attunement means that we see our children. Mm. We see them yeah. in a way that our child knows that we see them. And I, that sounds a little esoteric, I think. But as a parent, we we know what that means, and we know when our children feel seen by us because they respond differently. It means eye contact. It Mm. means sitting down Mm. and spending quality time. It means getting into their world, asking them about Pokemon and playing with their toys. And Mm. um, if they're a teenager, (laughs) maybe, you know, saying, Hey, what do you like about this movie? Let's go watch it. It's also a fine balance too, because with kids kids are pretty smart and they you know if you as a parent or caregiver go to your child and say is this really about the grief is this really about your loss Mm -hmm. it's probably going to be like no mom like whatever I don't know so you have to kind of backdoor it a little bit to attune to your child meet them where they're at and then if it feels like the time is right or your child is open to say you know how have things been since uh, we lost grandma? Or um, how have things been since we moved to a new school? Or what have you learned? Or what do you need? How can I support you? And ask that, obviously, in in language that your child understands. Mm.
1: Totally Perfect. are there things kids grieve about that we normally wouldn't expect are there things you know that are going on in their lives that maybe we would brush off or we would uh, discount you know in, in a way not on purpose not to malign them or disparage them but just that we wouldn't really think is affecting them very much but for children or for younger people it's really a much bigger deal than we think
2: yes. Great question. So a child will grieve anything that they have lost that is meaningful or important to them. Hmm. Okay. Child will grieve anything they have lost that is meaningful or important to them. It could be that they didn't get to eat the green M&Ms. It could be that their goldfish died. It could be that um, their half sibling that they didn't know very well moved to a different state. Mm -hmm. It could be the death or disaster of a parent so we as adults don't put a whole lot of significance or meaning into green M&Ms do we, yeah,
0: but your yeah, child. Yeah, might. Yeah.
2: And okay. so we have to connect with our children and find out what's important to them. Or if they're having an emotional reaction to say, tell me why that was so important to you. What was so big about the green M&Ms or, or tell me why it was so important that, you know, your goldfish died. Um, what did that, um, Did you have love from your pet? Did you, uh, what significance is it that your sister moved away? So trying to get into their their head space and their heart space. And if it's hard for you as a parent to have those conversations, because we all know as parents, there's a lot more stuff going on, right? We know we're responsible them we're we're responsible for their behavior we want to teach them good things we also want to just survive some days Mm -hmm. right and uh with our own emotional sanity and so um if it's hard to have those conversations get some help find someone to help you your kid Mm -hmm. because I teach people how to do that. So um, right, there are people right. who are qualified and ready to help you and your family and excited to do that.
1: Definitely. I was at a symposium last night. There was a number of therapists on stage. And, you know, we got 150, parents and kids in the room. And I just said to the therapists, hey, tell your specialties. There might be someone here that's thinking, hey, maybe I should talk to someone. You might be that someone. What's your specialty? What do you deal with? What can you help people with? And it was really great because there were people coming forward going, oh, yeah, I want to see someone and talk about these things. If you're Mm -hmm. just, you don't want to fight with your kid. You know what I mean? It's just like, you know, we just need a third party Mm -hmm. to listen to us both, to be impartial, and to want to help us build the bridge back to one another. Third parties are amazing. People like you are fantastic.
2: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, thank you. And, and also too, it's important to remember that if your kid is grieving, it's probably, there's probably a good chance that you are too. You know, if there's been a loss, especially a big loss, Mm -hmm. you as a parent have probably experienced that. And we all know that when we are going through a crisis of our own, we are not at our best. And so having that help and support can be so healing for you as a parent as well.
0: Well, what about just like, I'm thinking of divorce. That's pretty prevalent, I think, in our culture today. And either if you've gone through it, you know, if you haven't gone through it, you know, someone going through it. How, what are some of the steps you would be with a child going through divorce? Like, what are some methods? Like, would you let them stay home from school? Would Like, what are the, I mean, yeah, just how do we help them?
2: <laughs> Great question. Yes. Divorce is very prevalent. Um, Many children experience divorce. And even if there's not a divorce, many children experience the absence of a parent in some form, whether Mm. it's their parents were never married or there's a military deployment or someone works graveyard. And so understanding that that is also a loss for a child. So you know, we have to use the language divorce because we have to teach children what is going on and to use language around what is happening to them. But really the bottom line is it's it's a loss. Okay. Um, children also experience losses of things that they've never had, but perceived that they should have had. Like for example, a parent in the home or maybe all their their friends got cars when they were 16 and they didn't. So children also perceive and experience those as losses as well. So moving towards your child with that attitude of, hey, this has been a loss, and so um, let's take the steps that we need to take to grieve that loss. And in the book, um, there's a chapter that outlines a four-step process of mourning, um, Mm. helping your child walk Mm. through that process, and of course, depending on the loss and depending on your child's reaction, it will be different for each child, but um, just having an awareness of those steps will help you as a parent to be able to meet your child and uh, help them walk through the morning of of their losses, whether it was an actual loss or a loss they perceived.
1: Yeah, um, and that. the perceived loss is an interesting one because I think sometimes, like let's say it's, you know, all the friends got a car or all the friends got you an got Xbox. A cell phone. <laughs> yeah. Cell phones. Yeah. And f- maybe you can't afford it. And so as a parent, <laughs> I would feel a little bit ashamed or a little guilty or sad on my own. And having it brought up as grief in a child, hurts even more. And it's important to deal with it anyway. You've Mm -hmm. got to be the parent in that and say, listen, we may not be able to afford it. It might be out of our our realm right now. And as bad as I feel, I can recognize my child feels a loss. All their friends are getting to do this. We're not getting to do this. And they're feeling a loss. I can grieve with them. I can deal with this with them without feeling bad about my situation in life right now too. It's Mm -hmm. important to recognize those things and not invalidate. That's what the invalidate the feelings. Invalidating those feelings is a really hard thing. You want to be a safe parent when they do come to, even if it hurts you too, don't invalidate those feelings.
2: You know, just to go a little deep, I think there's sort of this cultural or, or personal way of thinking that loss is the most horrible thing in the world. <laughs> yeah. If I've lost something, life is terrible. Mm-hmm. Yes, it is. It really hurts to lose it. And especially depending on what the loss is and the meaning around that loss, it hurts. And loss can also transform us. We can be transformed through pain and suffering. Mm. And as a parent, yeah, maybe you can't afford to give your child a car. Maybe you can't control if their other parent dies. There's only so much you can do and control in your child's life, but what you can do, and control is your attitude around it. Teaching your child that, yeah, life really stinks. Yeah, you didn't get what other people got. You didn't get what was fair. And how can you grow, change, transform? How can you let Jesus turn this loss into grace in your life and into mm-hmm. hope in your life and into healing in your life and into hope for other people? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's fantastic. That's mm-hmm. the whole yeah. plan- That's the Right. Yep. Yes. That's right. And that's
0: where we need to end up landing with grief and mourning. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Okay. Yes. And that grief and loss is a natural part of life and we do need to, we don't get over it. You know, someone was talking, I I was reading this morning, a friend of mine took his own life 56 days ago and his wife was saying, you know, people are saying, how are you getting over this? I'm not. I'm getting through this. I'll never get over that loss. I'll never have that place filled in my heart again. And I will get through it slowly over time. But triggering back into loss and being sad over things, you know, even after it's passed is totally okay. Sadness is a part of life. We have to learn to be sad sometimes.
2: Mm. Yes. Absolutely. And that's the beautiful message of Jesus. That's mm-hmm. his whole reason mm-hmm. that he came. It's in the scripture in Isaiah. It's in the scripture in Luke. He came to bind up our broken hearts, to mm-hmm. heal us, mm-hmm. to bind up means to put it back together again. And yeah, there's always going to be memories and scars and hurt and pain and loss. And there is beautiful hope
0: mm-hmm. promised
2: for us, mm-hmm.
0: Jesus. Yeah. Well, how much should we talk to our child specifically about their loss? Mm. Like verbiage about it, words about it. Like I don't want to re-traumatize them. them.
2: Well, I think um, my book addresses that specifically. And, you know, the, the standard counselor answer is always it depends. And that's a horrible answer, especially if you're a parent listening right now and you're like, I've got this situation. What do I do? So it depends on so many things. It depends on what happened, what the loss is, what okay. your child's development okay. level is, their interest in talking about it. So in my book, I outline a lot of those challenges. And so a parent who's asking that question might find some tools just reading the book. And and then I would just invite those parents to really just sit with that information and and pray and let the Holy Mm. Spirit direct how you are going to approach your child. But the basic answer, the bottom line answer to your question is let your child lead. Let your child lead. Attune Attune to them, especially if their behavior is just over the top or their emotional reactivity is over the top, attune to them. I I see you're feeling sad. You're feeling really angry right now. And if that opens up a natural conversation, great. But don't come and sit down with your child and say, let's talk about this. Probably your child will not respond well to that. Again, it's the back door. Take your child to an activity they enjoy. Mm -hmm. Um, Watch a movie together. Read a book together about death, grief, loss themes and see if that sparks unnatural conversation and then let your child lead. Mm.
1: Yeah. I started doing something and I've got, I learned it from a friend of mine where he would read in his daughter's bedroom. She'd be doing homework and he'd sit on our bed and read a book. Just to be there because every yep. now and then she'd go, Hey, dad. And he'd go, Yeah. And he'd put his book down and she'd talk about something for a while and they'd talk a little bit. And it's funny with kids, then just abruptly she'd stop talking and go back to the homework and he'd go back to reading. <laughs> you know, it's just be around your, you know, it's, you can't force that. You can't come in the room and be like, Let's talk about something deep. You know, it's the, mm-hmm. I'm just going to be here until you in. decide you want to talk to me.
2: Mm. That's Mm. so beautiful. I love that. (laughs) Love that. That is such a beautiful example of attunement and just Mm. presence. Yeah. And those are really your best tools.
1: Putting the time in. You talked about the four steps of going through uh, grief with your children. Can you talk about specifically what those are?
2: Yeah. It has to do with the process of grieving. Um, so the first step is acute loss. So when it's fresh, um, when there's shock, when things are, you know, just like, I can't believe this happened. And oftentimes the community around the child is also grieving too, just depending on what the loss is. So everyone's in oh, yeah. shock and oh, everyone's yeah. not at their best. Then it's transitions more into everything kind of goes back into normal life, but your child's heart is still broken and still grieving and still trying to figure things out. So learning how to have that longer period of, Hey, I'm going to go back to school, but how do I sort through this? How do I sift through this for every child? The length that that takes is different. Mm -hmm. And I wouldn't be surprised if it took up to about two years. Um, And that's the one thing we do. We do poorly as a culture is we rush it.
1: Yep. So, It's true though, Um, studies show that it does take two years. That's a really interesting study on gratitude uh, when something catastrophic happens in a person's life, they can go into a depression or a semi-depression, and it lasts for about two years, and then it goes maybe back to the baseline. Okay. And the opposite is true: if you win the lottery, you win a car, mm-hmm. you know, you get a raise in your job, you can go up for about two years, and then it can go uh-huh. back down again. Yeah, that. T- and we do we rush it? We want people to get over something. Oh, you know, yeah. why are you still sad about this? Just let just let them be. Just mm. let them be, let them, if, if it's time to be sad, then it's time to be sad.
2: Yeah, absolutely. You can't microwave and, it. And oh, totally. And understanding too that your child will have time, good days and bad days during mm. that period yep. and, and just having an, an, an understanding of that. So, and then at that time, um, when that time is over and nearing an end, I'd love to suggest that there's some kind of a ceremony of some sort, um, mm. some kind of a remembrance of, That's very meaningful to the child or maybe you as a family. It doesn't have to be a big deal, not a big deal at all, or it could be a a really big deal. And this is important because especially if there's been a death, there was a funeral probably within a week or a month of the death. Your child is not ready for letting go at that point. Frankly, neither are you if it's been a loss for you as well. So having some sort of a remembrance or ceremony, get your child involved in that. Do it as a family. Transitioning the child into what I call or what many counselors call the new normal. So the new normal is I've accepted it. I've moved on. I found meaning out of this. I've found hope. And because loss is forever, grief is also forever. Understanding and honoring that. I think, Ryan, you were mentioning before that you are, uh, you move through the grief. Mm -hmm. So you're never over it. And that's important to remember for children, too. Even a child who's an adult is not over it.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
2: And never over it. Um, That's a loss that's permanent. So the grief is permanent. But life doesn't have to be permanently altered.
1: Perfect. Yeah, that's the same way with adults. I mean, when Laura lost her mom, we're still sad about it every now, it's been 15 years, still sad. Mm -hmm. And we should be sad, she was a great woman, we miss her. There's nothing wrong Mm -hmm. with being sad about that. Now it's not debilitating like it was in the beginning today, And nothing wrong with being sad. Nothing wrong with having a tough day. Who knows what triggers it? But Mm -hmm. remembering that in our kids as well. And their triggers might be different than ours. You know, Laura and I, I'm much better at grieving and crying and doing those things now as I've gone through a boatload of therapy. Your kids might just flip out one day Mm -hmm. because something triggered it. No big deal, you know?
0: Totally. Yes. I just wanted to ask real quickly, what are you noticing if kids aren't taught how to grieve and mourn? Like, um, what's happening? I just want to give the flip side of it. If people are like, you know what, I'm just going to microwave this situation and move on. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just to be really honest, Laura, I think that, that, well, this is a pretty wide sweeping statement, but many children that have behavioral problems or mental health issues, I think it's really grief. I think that okay. this is the crux of our children's pain, suffering, and mental health mm. issues today. Okay. Yeah. It's yeah. not always the case. Obviously, there are neurobiological things going on for kids. Yeah. But really, you know, if, the, if the, there's a kid blown out in school, if you are just having a hard time parenting, go back to that, that timeline, that loss, mm. and mm. address it.
1: Okay. Definitely. And for those that are older listening in our audience – I do think this is a little bit newer. It's a newer situation, I think. You know, my grandpa dropped out of school in the seventh grade and worked in the coal mines to take care of his family because his mom passed away giving birth to the 13th sibling and his alcoholic dad wouldn't take care of the family. He never yeah. talked about it. Never talked about having a poor yeah. dad. Never talked about missing his mom. Yeah. He focused on what he got to do to help his family. I think as we move further and further away from survival, we are able to feel more things. And so I think kids today feel things at a greater depth than maybe yes. we did or our parents did. And so it's unusual for an older generation to see kids dealing with grief and sadness and loss in a greater way.
2: Oh, so well stated. Yes. Everything you just said. <laughs> yes, um,
0: Well, and then the other thing that keeps coming up in my mind is just like the active shooters and things in schools that kids, maybe necessarily it hasn't happened at their school, but they've heard about it. Mm. Yeah. And so they're thinking, well, here, I'm going to go off to school. Is it going to happen at my school? And going back to that perceived um, loss or things like that, how would you navigate uh, that with the children today?
2: Mm. That's such a great example, Laura, of a perceived loss. Um, You know, a a child um, inherently knows in their soul that, hey, I should be able to go to school without being afraid of getting shot. Yep. You know, so acknowledging that to your children. So and both a a blessing and a curse is our, is our media. So, you know, if the news is on and and there's news of an event and your child is, starts displaying anxiety or fear or says it openly, just attune to it and just say, yeah, man, that, that's hard. That's scary. And let's talk through it. And here's the hope we have in Jesus. And if that happened, here's what we should do. Here's our safety plan Mm -hmm. so talking about it just addressing it that does so much for kids more than a parent even just a two-minute conversation about it yeah um can do so much for a child's well-being Mm -hmm. because what you're communicating to your child in that moment in those two minutes is i see you Mm -hmm. and i am Mm -hmm. here to meet your need and that's what kids really need at the end of the day that's what we all need at the end of the day but your child especially Yeah. That's Perfect.
1: Right. It's that mm. loss of innocence. It's yeah. It shouldn't be this way. And it is. And we will mm-hmm. grieve over that loss of innocence. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Wow. Amy, my goodness. This is so helpful. It Thank is you. so, Good. it's so deep. And I think parents are going to really, really get a ton of value out of this. You know, it's a scary thing. You know, we, what we want is we don't want our kids to suffer. Right. Like, And so in Mm -hmm. our desire for them not to suffer, sometimes we rush through things or we make discount Mm -hmm. things. But just to be present, to be an intentional, involved, present parent is really going to allow us to be parents for longer if we do attune to our kids.
2: Absolutely. Thank
1: you so much for coming on today. We appreciate it.
2: Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Thanks for the work you do too.
1: Oh, we'd love to do it again sometime. Okay. Thanks for listening and sharing this with your friends, Rebels. We appreciate it so much. Thank you to Amy Ford for coming on the podcast. Wow, what an amazing woman. Hope this helps you. If you've got a kid that's struggling with loss or grief during this lockdown quarantine time, please use this program to your benefit. Pass it along. Share it with friends. We love it when you do that. God bless. We will see you soon.
0: Rebel Parenting is produced by Rebel Media House, and when you need a little help with your marriage or parenting—and everyone does—you can find it at rebelparenting.org. Sign up for the Rebel Update by texting the word Rebel to 444999. That's R E B E L, and the number is 444999. We love it when you share Rebel Parenting with your friends and family, so thank you. God bless. Thanks for spending your time with us. And we'll see you next time for another episode of Rebel Parenting.